Cesses, by definition, the only reason cesses are not allowed to be uh, uh, allowed to be kept separate and not shared. The definition of a cess is it can be only collected for one purpose. You cannot collect a generic cess, keep it in your pocket and say one day I'll send, send it for vaccinations, one day I'll spend it for milk. No, no, no. The law is very clear. If you collect a cess, you have to collect it for a specific purpose and only put it on that purpose. To the best of my knowledge, there has never been a vaccination cess. Has there been? No. There is a cess for various things, for Swachh Bharat, for Krish Kalyan, there is GST uh, compensation cess. The CAG report, if you go and read over the last 4-5 years, every year the CAG report points out that the monies collected for the cesses are not used for the purpose of the cess. Sometimes they are not used at all, sometimes they are misused, sometimes they are not used and then absorbed into the union government's general account. That is a violation of the rule. At the very least, after you absorb it back into the union account, you must then split it to the states in the ratio given by the finance commission. That also has not happened. So, let's, you know, we can't do all the slogan politics, right? Yeah, you have to understand some basic law, some science, some data, some accounting. Where is the connection between cesses and vaccines? Nothing. So, the Prime Minister made these remarks during a meeting that was called to discuss about the COVID situation. And also the fact that he has only pointed out non-BJP ruled states. Do you think this was a deliberate move from the side of why should I speculate what is in the mind of somebody else? I don't know. I mean, I think it's a bit odd that only non-BJP states were mentioned when I told you that there are BJP states that tax higher than us and that there are BJP states that tax almost the same as us after the reduction. So, you know, it could be that that was the level of information provided to him. It could be that, you know, he was just, I, mean, who, who, I can't speculate. As the prices go up, sir, or they don't increase the taxes, you get an exponential rise in your revenue. No, no, exponential. Let's be very clear. We purposely, uh, and this is a bit technical, right? Uh, some states take it as ad valorem, meaning whatever the rate is, a percentage of that. Some states take it as a rupee number per liter. Some states do a combination of both. Tamil Nadu actually does a combination of both. So let me put it another way. When the union government cut the taxes by, uh, by cut the uh, diesel tax by 10 rupees, we also automatically cut our rate down by 1 rupee 40 paisa or 1 rupee 50 paisa because that was our ad valorem rate. Same way, when the union government cut the petrol tax, we also cut ours by another 65 or 80 paisa when they cut it by 5. So whether we like it or not, we are also reducing our tax by almost 1,100 crores or something a year. As soon as the union cut the tax, there is already a built-in state tax cut. Let me men mention that point also. So, you know, the question is not uh, exponential. It is whatever the model is. Some states are 100% percentage ratio. Some states are cash plus percentage. Some states are cash. It depends what the model is. But generally, you're right. As the oil price goes up, the revenue will go up because there will be some component of percentage of the price. So there used to be this demand that uh, you know, the prices of petrol and diesel keep going up because the government has deregulated uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the decision and it has to, uh, it, it is the government's job to decide what will be the petrol diesel prices. So now are you uh, demanding that the government should take back that and then they decide on the... Yeah, I don't, let me just point out, 
that if this is what deregulation looks like, it's the funniest deregulation I've seen in my life. Let me let me give you why. When petrol prices rose, I mean, when oil, crude oil prices rose from the 70s to like 115, remarkably, every single oil major in this country, private and public, remarkably deregulated, all of them didn't raise the pump price. One paisa for like 100 days when coincidentally five states were having elections. What a wonderful deregulated market we have. I mean, look at that. I mean, have you ever seen such an efficient uh, free market? What? I, I tell you, should go in the record books. And then the election gets over and now crude oil prices are dropping because the Ukraine crisis got a bit settled. And then what happens? Every day, every oil marketing company increases the price by about one rupee. Every day, every day. Uh, if this is deregulation, my friend, give me regulation. Right? Let's not talk more about hey, that. What is your message to yeah. Prime Minister? I, who am I to give any message to the Prime Minister? Right? Yeah. Well, I've given you a clear explanation why I don't think... No, 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 no. I am not of the, the tagadi of the status to give responses to the Prime Minister. The Chief Minister has spoken in the Assembly. I am giving a technical follow-up to what the Chief Minister said. So in future, is there a chance or possibility of reducing the fuel price again by state government? Look, uh, we will do whatever it takes. Let's let's just just think about this for a second. What is the job of a government economically? Right, the job of a government is to raise enough revenues to provide good quality and adequate what we call public goods and services, drinking water, roads, hospitals, uh, you know, free healthcare, good schools, so that the social strata is leveled, so that even the poor, the underprivileged get access to quality, uh, you know, education, quality healthcare, uh, decent life with dignity, number one. Number two, to provide a safety net for the weakest and sometimes it's, you know, whoever's old, sometimes it's whoever's sick, sometimes it's people who are down on their luck, like many Western countries have unemployment insurance and so forth. So the government in a compassionate society should ensure that the most unfortunate among us, either longer term or short term, are given the right help so that they are closer to those who are fortunate. It should make sure that there is some redistribution that it doesn't allow the Gini coefficient to get too high, that some people don't become too rich and many become poor. If that's the basis, then this union government has been an utter failure for the last seven years, complete total failure. And it should provide an environment of trust and comfort, both in terms of infrastructure, management of its own finances, and the clarity and consistency with which it operates that it encourages private enterprise to come and create, you know, new businesses, jobs, growth, you know, uh, economic progress. That's the job of a government. So there's a delicate balance here. If the state's finances are a mess, if our ability to borrow is constrained, if our standing in the markets is weak, if we cannot provide the confidence to the investors, if we cannot provide adequate roads and ports and internet pipes and things, then surely we are going to pay the consequences of that in future growth. So at some level, our job is to balance these things. On the other hand, in a difficult economy, we certainly don't want to tax those who cannot afford to pay 
In fact, I'll go the other way. Soon as we came to office, even though the finances of the state were in the worst position they had been in the history of Tamil Nadu, at least since the FRA Act in 2003, debt to GDP, revenue deficit, seven years record, everything. And we had the second wave, and we had the third wave, and we had more rains than in 2015, though we didn't have the floods because we managed the rain slightly better, though the infrastructure was not that improved. After all that, we did stimulus of the economy. The chief minister, as he had promised in the manifesto, 4,000 rupees for every uh, ration card plus additional, uh, um, you know, commodity products uh, or the groceries during the uh, pandemic plus other support. Uh, plus additional medical facilities, plus additional staff. In my opinion, we spent probably 20,000 crores more than had been budgeted when the budget was presented in February. Now, let's be clear. When the budget was presented by my predecessor, uh, Mr. Opani Solom, Honorable Finance Minister at the time, nobody saw the second wave coming or the third wave, or we hadn't had rainfall predictions for October, November. So, whatever budget he presented, we spent 20,000 crores more than he could have ever dreamt of spending. And yet, we brought the revenue deficit in, 7,000 crores lower than he uh, predicted. Unfortunately, we couldn't spend capex as fast as we wanted. So, the net result is we brought the fiscal deficit down from the 4.61 of the previous year down to 3.8. In my preference, I would have been a bit more aggressive in the accounting because we take the books to print by March 1st. In fact, the final numbers only come in March 31st. In fact, our numbers came in better than we presented in, in March 1st or we printed in March 1st. That's why in our fiscal medium-term fiscal plan, I have said that in two years, we will uh, bring this thing close to balanced budget, close to compliance with the FRA. In fact, I'm telling you, off, you know, I, I won't print it because uh, my IS officer is a bit comfortable, but I have every confidence that we'll, just like we outperformed our own budget estimate of September, August, September 21, when we presented the RE and the FA will outperform the RE, then we will outperform the MTFP the next two years also. So, our job is to balance this that where we need to spend, we have to spend. Where we need to control, we need to control. But we need to most of all attract investment, and that's why after the Honorable Chief Minister came, our FDI and our uh, agreements have gone up almost 50 55 percent over the last year. Some of it is the recovery of the economy. But I am 100% convinced that this year, because we already have the pipeline, we know what's coming. Just yesterday, I chaired the board meeting of the TNIFMC, which we have restructured uh, for the first time. I'm 100% convinced that we'll continue to uh, provide that confidence to all people, to the voters and the weak and the underprivileged, that we are compassionate and caring, and we will not abandon them and leave them in a huge tax uh, quandary. On the other hand, that we are responsible and uh, balancing our books and have uh, will be good partners to investors, both financial investors and corporates. So, the long way of answering that I'm saying, if it comes to it and we have to do it, the Chief Minister will do the right thing. But, just to put this in context, in 2017, when I spoke against the GST price rise, my exact words were, you are playing with fire. Because if you raise the taxes like this, and the cycle is going the way I think it's going, at some point, you are going to breach 100 rupees at the pump. I predicted this in 2017. And I said, what will you do then? Will you then cut the taxes and make the budget go out of balance? 
or will you deal with the inflationary effects of 100 rupee petrol? Of course, it turns out that the ADMK government didn't raise the rates nearly as much either in rupee terms or in percentage terms as the union government. And to be fair, they cut back 1 rupee or something of it uh, in 2019, I think, when, uh, when the COVID came or 2020. So, I, 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 won't, you know, I won't say that they have behaved very irresponsibly. I would say we have always proven to be more sensitive. Again, I say between 2006 and 11, three times and 21 once, after 21 once, we have lowered. The ADMK has no history of lowering, only raising between 2011 and 21. I don't know what happened before 2006. You'll have to get the data for it. As to why should OMCs decide on the prices of petrol and there is no accountability on part of the government. The government says that it's oil marketing companies that keep you know, No, I just gave you I just gave you a so, remarkable price record, right? Yeah, that's what. Like is there a fixed match between the government and the oil marketing companies? Because if it is going to be difficult for them in elections they try to keep the prices under control and once the elections are over, uh, is there a fixed uh, I, I can't comment on that. Let me just say as a former student and uh, lecturer in stochastic models, the odds of a random coincidence providing this result of 70-80 days of input cost rising but pump price not rising and then input cost coming down but pump price is rising every day in the systematic way. The odds of that are probably um, 10 times higher than you going to the sun and coming back alive. You figure out what that means. So, your whole promise of I will be cut. Yeah, so I am saying we already cut 3 plus yeah. 3. No, no, 3 plus. Listen, I keep telling you when they cut, our, our tax came down as well. So, it's already 375 or 380 cut. We will see when we can do the remaining. Sir, you have been saying that uh, they have been uh, reducing... You understand why I am saying 375, 380, right? The first three we cut. When they cut the five, because our ad valorum on top of their five also got cut. Right? So, you have been saying that excise has been reduced and system surcharge have been increased. So, what exactly is the quantum of loss for the states in the last eight years? Last eight years, I don't know. But the, the, the statement I put out, I said before when it was excise and not cess, even in the one year between, uh, between 20 and 21, uh, the thousand something crore, thousand five hundred, thousand six hundred crore we were making from our share of uh, excise has dropped to eight hundred or seven hundred crore. Just the one year. If I go back two thousand fourteen, yes. I'd probably say annually we're losing fifteen hundred to two thousand crores. So that might roughly end up around fifteen thousand crores. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard for me to say. But yeah, no less than ten thousand crores or uh, yeah, nine or ten thousand crores as may may be as high fifteen sixteen. I don't have the math. Uh, I mean, roughly. Yeah. Yeah, all the raises were done in the ADMK regime. Not one of them was done by us. Sir, you've always been saying about the base rate. So, when you compare to the base rate, see, for example, in Tamil Nadu, when in 2011 it was about the excess duty was. 14, uh, 14 rupees. But it has been increased to 26. No, remember it didn't go from 14 to 26. It went down to 940. I am telling you, Dr. Manmohan Singh cut the excise because of oil price rise. So, you are right. In 11 it was 14. But by 14 it had been cut to 940 or something. Okay. 
and then they have tripled it or more than tripled it from 940 to 3220 and now cut it back to 27 something. Went like this. But that includes, no, no, no. But in the original it was all excise. Yes. Now this 27 something is mostly cess and surcharge. Hardly 1 rupee or something of that is excise. Yeah, namesake, there's just, I mean in that it's just so small, almost not worth the calculation effort of collecting that and trying to divide it uh, 30 ways. Okay. Yes. Now last question, yeah, yeah, yeah. mentioned that it is a national language, how do you see it? <laughs> 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 like, I can't ask, no, no, come on, come on, now, you ask me something related to finance or uh, tax or but something. Constant. Listen, then the, 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 no, 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 then the blame is on all of you. If you allow a Hindi actor to define national policy or set the debate, then you are at fault, not me. I am not going to descend to that level. Which actor? I don't know, whichever actor you say. <laughs>